Hi everyone, I'm Kiko Roy Carey and this is A Colorful Life. I am just so thrilled for you to listen to this conversation with my business savvy friend Sanan. We discuss entrepreneurship, solo travel, and the magic of strangers meeting in foreign lands. I hope you'll leave feeling just as inspired as I always am by my guest. Welcome, Sanan. Thank you for having me. Fun. Yeah, it's so great to have you here. As we're chatting right now, I can see in your background, although our listeners can't, the photos that you have, I imagine, from your many travels across the world. Yeah, so this is, oddly enough, I saw a couch surfer that I was host, or I was uh, surfing with in Denmark. He had a whole bunch of his own pictures that he put up in these like uh, grid-like pattern and a bunch of squares uh, on his wall. And I said, that's so cool. I'm going to do that one day. And probably took about 10 years, but eventually I... Uh, yeah, put my own photos up there with just different pictures and places I've I've been to. So the walls are eventually going to be covered because I have so many photos. <laughs> so those are photos you've taken? Exactly, yeah. It's a mix of some of my earlier trips and some of my most recent ones I have, uh, yeah, up there. Cool, cool, super cool. So as we're chatting, let's back up a bit. Where are you talking to me from? Are you in your house in Winnipeg? Exactly, yeah. So I'm at... Uh, in my condo in downtown Winnipeg here. So uh, yeah, right uh, where I've been for the majority of this pandemic. I, I love to travel, but I haven't been uh, too many places since the, that started. So uh, yeah, I'm at, uh, at home at the moment. So, okay. So you said that you've been in Winnipeg for the, most of the pandemic or all of it. You haven't traveled much. So I, I imagine that's probably really difficult for someone who's always traveling um like yourself so what have you been doing to kind of you know keep yourself sane or busy during this yeah, time that's been, I think the toughest thing that I think everyone's been trying to do is just how do you keep busy and doing things I mean it, there's a definitely a moment during the pandemic when we had like everything closed uh you know restaurant yeah, I've been just working on different projects and thinking of different I guess passion ideas that I want to you know explore and that one of them is the ice cycles uh ice bike company that uh, you mentioned earlier and we'll get into a bit but uh yeah no it's just been a lot of sitting around and you know maybe going for walks or bike rides around the city and just exploring outside more and not being pressured to do anything you're just going to have time it's almost like when you're back before you had any responsibilities any jobs or anything you just had time to kill and you mm. just did things, which was very foreign for me because I've always had things to do and, uh, you know, a, a checklist of things to do and uh, and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that is something we all can relate to wherever we are in the world. It's that balance of like trying to stay busy to kind of retain some type of normalcy and then also, you know, try not to, you know, get on that wave of being overproductive or like that toxic productivity when we're in the middle of a global pandemic. So we should give our ourselves the space to kind of rest and, you know, digest that the world might not look how it used to ever, ever again, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. That's it's the unknown and the uncertainty, which is so challenging for all of us, of course. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that uh, you're, I mean, ever since I've met you, 
I've always seen you as a really optimistic and I don't know, like you, you seem like someone who lives their life in ease and maybe I'm just from the outside looking in, right? But, you know, as an entrepreneur, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure you have in other areas, but I've always seen you as someone who just goes with the flow, but, you know, does it in a way that just seems very natural, not like goes with the flow as in really lazy, <laughs> doesn't do anything, the complete opposite of, of that type of go with the flow, but more like, yeah. I don't know, I just keep going back to ease, so. Yeah. I think there's definitely, yeah, times where things are really chaotic and busy or stressful or other situations, people wouldn't even know how I handle it, but I just uh, don't get too worked up about it, things, and just work through problems or issues that come up, and yeah, I guess, yeah, it's an easygoing, no point kind of getting stressed, and maybe I enjoy some of that high pressure and, uh, it relates to some some of the ways I travel, right? Couch surfing or not knowing where you're going to sleep that night or all that kind of uncertainty is kind of where I, what I thrive on. So it makes makes life easier when you have other issues that come up and you're just like, yeah, we'll, we'll work through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, totally I just agree. want to also talk about how we met because I think we need to frame that for the listeners because you're in Canada, right? I'm based out of the United States. So how does a Canadian and American... American, which isn't so far from each other, right? Canada and America. Well, how do we even meet each other? And yeah, you can kind of start off and tell how we met. It's not kind of the traditional way to uh, to North American residents would meet each other, but uh, yeah, we met in Poland through an English language teaching program called Angloville. And essentially the program paired up native English speakers with Polish uh adults that wanted to learn or more mostly improve their English skills so they had uh, a decent base uh, understanding the language but it's that conversational skills that the program really facilitated so they reached out to different native English speakers and including ourselves and we uh yeah I know I got recruited on couch surfing I'm not sure if that was the same for you but I got a message and again couch surfing is basically used for staying with people or meeting people, but it was kind of used, uh, I guess, differently to recruit people for this program. And yeah, that's where we met. So I, I didn't know anyone else in the program and just uh, yeah, jumped at the opportunity and was really lucky and thankful to kind of meet such a, an awesome group. So when you got your message from couch surfing, because I also did get my message on couch surfing, where were you? Were you traveling yeah. already? Yeah, so I was, uh, this was, I guess, 2014. And uh, yeah, I was in Berlin at the time. I almost remember like checking on my phone. I got the message when I was like at a train station or something. I was like, who's this Kurt guy? Like, what does he want? He's trying to give me an all expenses paid trip to Poland. Like this sounds fishy. Cause of course, well, the meet, like there was no cost to us to attend but we weren't being paid either. So they just give us accommodation and food and, and a place to sleep, which as a couch surfer, when you're traveling, that sounds like, oh, that's the jackpot. It's like, what a week of not having to worry about what I'm doing. So we, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of jumped at it and uh yeah i was in berlin and i can't recall if i was planning to go to poland right away but uh yeah that was i guess shortly after that in my right i'm going to poland so yeah that was the same as my experience i would say i was finishing up my tessel or tefl 
for those who don't know, that's teaching English as a foreign language certification course. I was taking that in Prague, Czech Republic. And then I was ending that and I was trying to decide what I wanted to do next. And then I got that message as well on Couchsurfing. And the way that it was posed, it was like, you get a, a week, all expenses paid at a four or five star resort, food and rooming, um, right. all covered. All you have to do is speak English for a week and get yourself to meet us in Warsaw so you can catch the bus next week. <laughs> how does that sound? Yeah, that was true. I forgot how they framed yeah, that five-star or whatever, four-star words. Or it made it sound like, I mean, it, it was nice, but uh, the email sounded like kind of rare. So, of course, I was like, this, I think I was like 22 at the time. This sounds great. All right. How much does a bus cost from Prague to Poland? I mean, I think it was $15 at the time or 15 uh, euros. And so I booked my bus. And then later or later I told my, I messaged my mom and dad and was like, I'm going to Poland next week. And then they were like, Kiko, this sounds like sex trafficking. <laughs> they were like, are you serious? You're, you don't know these people. You don't know this program. Listen to the way this sounds. They're going to pay for everything. And you just have to meet them at a bus, at a bus stop. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I was like, no way, it, it's legitimate. And I looked at their website and wow. Then we all met in Warsaw and yeah, that was the beginning of a crazy, amazing and fun week. And yeah, that's how, that's how I met you. Cause you were also one of the crazy people who decided, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this free week to who knows where didn't they I think they said like did they tell us it was near the Belarus border or did we just find that out while we were how we, at the resort yeah I don't even recall how we if I knew where we were going or whatnot and um yeah that was very all like the last minute and we just kind of went with it and I get we had so much time together because it was a whole week of just mm -hmm. immersion with this group of people and you're not you're in a remote resort or whatnot so you you don't meet anyone else or see anyone else it was a very kind of cool way just to meet a group of people in a very condensed timeline yeah but it was so fun and just fast forwarding through everything because we did we spent a whole week together and literally the entire day for those six days we do we have every meal together you break up with your like mentor or mentee but we always came together in group settings. So we didn't just get to spend time with the Polish participants, but also like each other, people from different countries. And so that's how we met. And I just remember, I think you were literally in the beginning stages of Spark Rentals or creating that company. Yeah, so I guess it was that idea because prior to the trip, I had just graduated from university and I, I wanted to pursue this business, but also just took some time off to travel. So I kind of had the, the business plan more or less in my head and um, kind of waiting until I got back back home to Canada to to launch it. So yeah, I, I forget exactly you know how much I knew about it at that time, but there was definitely the wheels were turning and it was something I wanted to do once I got back. Wait, so you were still in the beginning stages of it at that time yeah so i had like a 
called Party Pyrotechnics, which was the earlier version of the business, which is part-time. There was nothing official. It didn't have a business number or tax or anything like that. It was just a, a website with a few different lights that I just rented out of my parents' place. So there was nothing really official, but I was still getting traction and knew it was something that, that was working. So it wasn't, a, I guess, as big as it is now, but it was certainly kind of that idea slowly, slowly starting then. So let's explain. Can you explain to everyone listening, as well as myself, a reminder? Because I think it has evolved to so many things at this point. Because at that time, it was just speakers or lights. So what is Spark Rentals? Yeah, so Spark Rentals is an events equipment rental business. So we provide lighting, effects, dance floors, staging, um, anything for, for a, an event, you know, a wedding, corporate event, uh, social party, uh, and we provide rental and delivery and setup. That's, you know, people need that as well. So uh, over the past six years or so, we've just kept acquiring different equipment and we do rentals all across the US as well with some of the black lights and fog machines that are a bit smaller, easier to transport. And uh, in Winnipeg, we sometimes get into very large events with uh, kind of festival types. So those are the very big ones that are a bit more stressful, and a lot more work than just the simple speakers or whatnot. So that's uh, where we've been. And of course, the pandemic has impacted us, uh, like a lot of businesses, but especially the, the events industry, where you're essentially trying to make a business around people gathering together. Mm -hmm. So do you provide these services or these rental, you know, services to people specifically in Winnipeg, or is this all over Canada? Yeah, so it's mostly in Winnipeg. That's the local market. And throughout the pandemic, I guess, it's been a bit of the, I've had a bit more time to analyze, and it's always been an idea to take it nationwide or expand to different cities. But I know there's a lot of work in that as well. And then you start questioning your your life goals and how much work do you want to put into things and how, um, yeah, how that all pieces together but uh yeah i did was out in ottawa the capital of canada in december and meeting with uh, a business out there potentially interested in working together so it's just kind of getting those initial conversations but of course we're also still in the in this pandemic here so the industry is still struggling but uh i know it will thrive again once once everything is uh moved on i agree i definitely think it will as well as Sanan. like no doubt about it i i just think about you know when you're in the early stages, I just remember you talking about, I'm going to start this company. And then I was so young and I was just thinking, what do you mean? You're going to rent lights and stages? And then you started to tell me more about it. I was like, you're, you're right. People use these things for all types of events. And that is a common event where like weddings or party, birthday parties, that's always going to be um, a thing. So there's always going to be a need for it. I just thought it was brilliant. And then I was so young, we still are young, but I was so much younger back then. And then you were so much younger. And I was just off gallivanting around the world. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about what am I going to do to actually sustain myself and make money. But you were really, you were really into it. Like, I remember you having your laptop every free moment we had, you were sending some type of email. And I was like, this guy, he is a businessman. He has his life together. So those are the things that were going through my head. So that, believe it or not, when we were in uh, Poland, I was thinking, wow, like Sanan has it together. 
he's gonna go some he's going places that's what i was thinking well that's uh that's a nice thing to say there i'm trying to think how how much was i actually working back then <laughs> i did i don't think i had a laptop to travel i had a, a tablet <laughs> at that time oh, tablet. Each trip I've taken, I've added an additional piece of technology. Now I always travel with my laptop. Before, I wasn't even with a phone. Like, I did my first trip with just a digital camera. So, like, I would take pictures of Google Maps from an internet cafe to use to, like, find where I'm going. And here I am now with a laptop and a phone. And, yeah, so it's, it's changed definitely, but, yeah. Okay, so it was a tablet. But either way, you were, you were a man on a mission. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the point people should understand. So... How how did you even come up with this idea? Like you were, it was post university. So, what made you think about creating your own, you know, career path or being an entrepreneur? Is that something yeah. that runs in your family, or you know? Yeah, not at all. I mean, my family is a lot of medicine and, and doctors, and that's nothing I want to get close to. But it's a lot of good work, but just not what I'm interested in. So, I. Uh, yeah, looking back, I, I did have initial business when I was in high school converting VHS tapes to DVD. So that's at the time, of course, you know, home videos, everything you had from uh, family footage or whatnot. Then, of course, VHS tapes were old, so people wanted to be able to watch them. So I'd take them and then convert them into a digital format. So that was the first business, which I, I worked on. It was very nice. It was passive income. You know, it was not difficult to do. You just kind of set things up with the equipment and hit record. But uh it wasn't something that was super scalable or something to grow. And uh, the way I got into spark rentals or party pyrotechnics was buying a fog machine for a house party in high school or just after high school, I guess, and didn't know what I was going to do with it afterwards. So I put an ad on uh, Kijiji, which is similar to, uh, I think, Craigslist. And uh, yeah, people just started responding saying, oh, yeah, I'd rent that fog machine. And like, do you have a laser? And I would say yes, even though I didn't. And I would go to buy a laser and it just kept adding to that and kept buying things until uh, I realized I had a lot of stuff. That, <laughs> that is amazing. So did you not, did you start your Spark Rental? Did you start your company and then add more things or iterate as time went by? Or did you kind of like, go in thinking this is how big I want it to be one day was it you know people telling you what they need and then you met that need it sounds like yeah that's uh, building off of what that need is was uh, I guess how it I've been growing it over the past few years uh, I did start with you know an idea of what people would want and had that, a very large initial order of everything that you know I thought would be popular or try some new different things but then people would, would ask for different items. And you know, now I have a lot of TVs as well. People rent TVs, which uh, you can use for more you know, large events. If you're doing a slideshow at a wedding or even a funeral, we've done a lot of those, or even a press conference where you just have a slideshow as you know, next to your speaker, something like that. So um, yeah, it's just these people that reach out and even laptops we've started to do a lot of as well. People um, come into the city and sometimes forget their laptops. So we have a lot of business travelers that will just rent items like that so yeah it's just kind of you add things as people request and uh go from there so do you do you keep do you have a like a facility where you keep all of this equipment yeah so i have a storefront and a warehouse and storefronts okay. uh basically where people come by and pick up and then warehouses filled with all the larger bulkier items that uh yeah a lot a lot bigger i can't believe i never asked you all of these questions because I just thought I tell like when I was telling 
um, some friends about, yeah, I have a friend in Canada and he has two businesses. I've been telling everyone about iCycles, which we'll get into in a bit, but I never, I just said, you rent, you, you let people rent lights and I just say stage floors, but I had no idea what it was exactly. Yeah. And this is, this is amazing. Like to hear all of the details of it. Really yeah, there's just so many different yeah equipment that I even keep adding. And my sister sometimes says, "We know." I know when she had her wedding, she got something from another vendor. She's like, "Oh, I didn't know you did this." I'm like, "Yeah, I have them." But I mean, I just keep adding equipment that uh, not everyone always knows what I have. Wow. So okay, let's let's back up a bit. So I know we talked about how we met in Poland, but you've traveled so many places, and that's why it really it really made me curious that you created a lifestyle or like your own business that you aren't necessarily location dependent on it. And I thought that was really cool how you integrated that into your life. That's the dream. I think traveler. I tried to keep it into it almost a scale that I, if I, I guess I'm able to leave, you know, during a slower period of time or have someone take, you know, manage the business while I'm away and I can still work remotely a bit. So I have a bit more flexibility to do that. It's, uh, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to have that flexibility to be able to not be tied to physically being somewhere all the time, which is, is challenging, it would be challenging. So it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did you fall in love with travel and then decide, I need a lifestyle that allows me to to be able to pick up and go or did you you know always want to you know have your own business or own your own business and yeah, yeah I think that both but they never really intersected I don't think the business was I didn't think how that would impact travel or I didn't think how travel would impact the fact that okay. I wanted to run a business uh, and then once those two interests started coming together and you of course need to choose or figure out how you're going to manage or balance both. And that's kind of when I was thinking a bit, no. And that's why I did a large trip before I started my business, because I was thinking this is going to be the last time I'm going to be able to just leave for eight months and not have to worry about anything. But a few years into the business, I was able to step back a bit and, you know, find carve out that vacation time, I guess. Yeah. So you left for eight months. Where, what were all the countries that you, you went to? I know a lot of them, but let's yeah. talk about the places that you saw and you were really young. Can you kind of frame it for us? So the first, I guess this was after university. So I would have been 24 or five. I would have been 25. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I started off going to Europe. So this was the summer of 2014. Uh, I had one of the, my favorite things and I was getting older because I remembered there is a Eurail pass where you can have unlimited travel for two months, but it's really cheap if you're like under what is it, 26 or 28. Uh, so I got to take advantage of this rail pass, which I just love taking the train and not having to worry about, uh, you know, paying those expensive prices. So it was fun just doing that around Germany, uh, France, and a bit more of Eastern Europe I explored for the first time. Really love Slovakia, Czech Republic, and of course made the way to Poland. And from there, Ukraine, which I keep saying how much of a, a good time I had there. It was only a few days, but it was just really cool. And then uh, went to visit family briefly in Turkey. It was a bit of a layover, prepping myself for the next big 
adventure, which was China, which was three weeks in December. And I was pretty nervous about the cultural differences of not speaking the language or being able to even read a sign or comprehend how to get around. And it's not like a lot of other countries where you can, you know, someone will know English or you can get, you know, can get by. So uh, did that for three months and then did India for, no, sorry, three weeks and then did India for two months, mm -hmm. which was also a very uh, challenging, interesting, I would say roller coaster experience of all the, the, the great things and the more challenging things of, of India. So you, you were traveling by yourself the entire time? And Up until India, I met up with a group of two other couch surfers that we had never even met in person before. And we decided we were going to travel together. And yeah, I, I thought in my head, oh, well, I'll give this a week. And if we're not uh, vibing, we can just, you know, go our own ways. But I ended up spending two months with them in a very learning experience of just how we're adapting to India. And we're all kind of going through those challenges together. And yeah, every single day, every moment, we were almost together for two months. That was a, a very, very fun experience as well. So couch surfing is so amazing. I think it's changed so much and uh, as things do, right? But I don't know. I think that was during the prime years of couch surfing, it feels like. Because I know I've couch surfed quite a bit and hosted more than I've couch surfed. But you, you have couch surfed all over the world. And that has virtually not just been a great affordable way to travel but it has been a way for you to exchange culture in that country be hosted by local people and really get the insiders experience of each country um so how many places have you have you couch served or how many homes would you say around i think around like 80 or something could be more i just checked the references and i had 80 references for posts so i'm well definitely stayed with that many it could have been more if someone didn't want to leave me here review what is uh can you okay so maybe for people who are listening who have no idea what couch surfing is we can kind of you know explain that but also i would love to hear one or two experiences of hosts that you had that you always remember because i know i have those experiences that i'll always think of like wow these people were some of the best humans in the world so what is couch what is couch surfing like the quick one on one 101 edition and then what is one of your best couch surfing experiences yeah so couch surfing is basically um i like to always say a website it's an app but it's really a website that's where it yeah, started it is. Using it. and uh it basically pairs travelers and people that are living in a city whether they're from there or just there temporarily uh for a place for them to stay that's kind of the nature of the the website so if i'm uh, going to a different city i can look and see who you know uh, almost like airbnb but without the the expense and it's more geared around sharing experiences and stories and there's no monetary exchange so you you really meet people and i think some of the best reasons i love to use couch surfing is because you get somewhere and you're instead of in a hotel room or you know somewhere where you're alone you're you know you could you know I, what i think i the, the best part is you never know what you're going to get. Yes. You have an idea of like who you're going to meet, but you can arrive and they'd be like, okay, we're going to go to a house party like tonight. And the next thing you know, you're at a house party with a whole bunch of people that are soon, you know, almost feel like friends. And that morning you had no idea what you were 
even going to do that day. So it just things change so quickly, and it's it's a fun way to to travel, and really not, yeah, really get involved in seeing a city in a different light. I love that you said you never know what you're going to get because it is kind of like couch surfing roulette because sometimes it can be an incredible experience and another time you can be with the most boring person in the world or or there could be a different experience like you said where you just end up with people who just take you to every single party all the coolest spots and then it's also a roulette in the sense of you don't know what conditions you will be in because just because it says couch surfing does not mean you will be sleeping on a couch you could be sleeping in many places (laughs) it is totally like yeah you you I think that's the best way to describe it in all of its like in all of its goodness and magicalness but you really don't know it's a gamble yeah and you know what it's and I've always said it's a gamble but that I've never had that negative real loss you know when I say it's like a gamble it's either that extremely awesome experience or it's just a it's a good one yeah like I know there are experiences that aren't favorable and they're very you know yeah I guess you can be a bit more selective in how you get into those experiences I've been very fortunate just to maybe screen really better than sometimes other people would or you know just kind of know what you're getting into but I've been very fortunate to not have a a bad experience sometimes a little weird sometimes different but never nothing that I regret kind of going into but yeah I'm trying to think back there's so much I almost need those triggers to think of some of those cool so okay so let's talk then think of a specific (laughs) country then because I know yeah. So way back in the day after we met and when I was a blogger and you were a blogger, I had you as a guest, guest, what do you call it? Like a, a guest post or something? You took over. I called it a blog takeover or something. Okay, that, I do recall that. And I think your story that you wrote um, was about your time in, ter- in India the train ride or something that you had through India I think that's what you wrote about oh yeah I'm going to find that post and I'm going to attach it in the show notes so people can can read that story and it'll be a good place to to reminisce on if I can dig it out of the archives but yeah so I remember it seemed like the time that you spent in spent in India was really uh I don't know maybe life-changing or a different experience for you did you couch surf while you were in India I think we only did that once and again we were with a group with me couch surfing kind of the model for myself okay. I always think couch surfing is the best when you're doing it alone you don't uh, when you're with others you're almost relying more on that shared relationship that you already have instead of kind of meeting someone else and really yeah. putting yourself out there when you're with someone you already know you almost feel like you're guarded a bit so uh, yeah we only did that once in India and of course it's so much cheaper there that the hassle to try to find a couch surfer host and all the challenges it was just it was so much yeah it'd be a lot more work and especially just getting internet like we I didn't have an internet plan so it was like going to internet cafes and I think yeah you went like something like six days without internet at one point so you're just the whole back and forth messaging which just didn't make sense so we just uh stayed in hotels I guess they're called hotels but uh to to a different condition than what uh what we're used to and yeah I just explained it as an overwhelming 
of all the senses, like all of the senses, whether it's like what you're seeing, you're constantly, your eyes are being drawn to every direction, the smell of, I mean, sometimes really good smells and cooking, but you also have like garbage burning on the side of the streets. And, um, you know, you're, the noise is the constant honking and people shouting and just the way they, you know, interact. And, and I even say touching too, you'd have people come up and just, you know, grab you in a very friendly way too. They're, everyone wants to be your friend, but then you realize you, you can't give your friendliness throughout the day. Like every other second you walk five steps and someone says, like, can I have a picture with you? Can can friend, friend, can we talk? And, you know, it's great to do that for a little bit, but then when your day consists of just <laughs> talking to people all the time, uh, it's a bit overwhelming, but yeah, I'd say love and love hate India. It's like really awesome, but also very overwhelming. That I've heard that from a lot of friends that have traveled through India. I haven't had the pleasure yet, but I definitely want to go um, specifically through southern India because I heard that that is the both ends of the country are completely different experiences. So I'm curious to kind of see that juxtaposition. Did you get to travel both north and south? Um, mostly the south. Um, we okay. did a little bit far north, and I say north, just up to Delhi, so not really too much. It was mostly in the, the southern part. Cool. So, okay, maybe you didn't couch surf in, in India. So You're looking for a good couch surfing story. Um, all right, here's, I mean, China. China was... Okay, let's hear I, I lined up all my hosts in advance. Like, usually what I would do would be a bit last minute to go like, you know, hey, can you host me in three days? I was nervous for China. Like, I need someone to be my guide because without someone telling me what to do, I just felt I would be very incapable of <laughs> making my way around. But... Uh, yeah, I, I went to Urumuchi, which is in the far western side of China. And this is the, at the time, I didn't know anything about it, but now it's becoming very common in the news as far as the cultural genocide that's happening there. And um, I was seeing things there that I didn't know of now that I kind of read reports and things. It all kind of makes sense when you see the concentration camps and everything that's going on there. But uh, had a, a host, an American that was teaching English out there. And she just like she was my guide she kind of knew what was going on there and it was that is where to tie things in is also where i saw ice spikes for the first time so had i not decided to go out there i would have never been on this path i am now which is kind of interesting to see it because i this was around christmas but i had my my mom wanted to buy me a gift anyway she said i'll, I'll buy your train ticket from beijing to urumuchi and i was i'm fine with roughing it so i'm like oh just give me a seat you don't have to give me like a sleeper cabin or anything but the way it was described was hard seat was the translation <laughs> it was a bit soft but it, they just called it a hard seat what? didn't sound appealing she's like I can, I can pay for a bit more than a hard seat because it was a three, <laughs> it was like a two-day trip it was like a very long 48-hour train ride but just very remote like very far the furthest uh i think city from any ocean like right in the middle of the euro-asian continent and it was just a very overwhelming experience just seeing some of the things that were going on there and just not really knowing but kind of being narrated the experience by this American and being like this is what's going on here and you know you, you gotta watch what you say what you see um but I mean that's one example but of course I could be in you know Denmark or I remember going arriving in Copenhagen for my first Scandinavian trip and yeah arriving at 10 o'clock at night from from Canada so all the way you know an over the ocean trip exhausted almost but then 
out out till 4 a.m. at a house party. So it's just like this long, long night. And I'm thinking I woke up today at home in my bed and here I am like after an all-nighter in Copenhagen going back to this couch surfing place. So it's just this weird kind of how everything, how one day can seem to have so much. Yeah, okay. Just a lot you, there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just trying to think you've said so much and I don't want to brush over the fact of all of the, you know, things that you saw while you're in China, but also I'm sure it would have been a different experience as well if your host had been Chinese, right? Because you had, you were, there was an American English teacher, you said, that hosted you and kind of walked you through everything. But then also you said that that's where you saw ice cycles for the first time. So, so there's a lot, there's a lot in that experience. So yeah. I can't pull, pull everything. However, I want to hear more about this eye cycles and what was like the, the setting of where you saw it and was it, yeah, yeah. What, yes. what are eye cycles? <laughs> yes, ice cycles are essentially a bicycle that you can ride on ice surfaces, so an ice rink, or in northern climates, you have basically open ponds or rivers that freeze over that you can clear the snow off and skate on them. So it's one rubber tire that you traditionally see, and then instead of a front tire, you would have uh, an ice blade. So it would, you know, ride on uh, on ice. But uh, yeah, in China here, I was in Burmuchi, which is that uh, far remote very, very large city, but remote. And it was cold there. Like I backpacking, I'm always used to backpacking in summer conditions or warmer conditions. It's mm -hmm. it's so much more challenging, especially if you have a jacket then you're, you know, you're not going to bring with you everywhere else. But it was interesting because I felt like I was almost at home in that climate sense. Like Winnipeg is very cold and Urumuchi was cold as well. And just uh, we were walking past a park and we saw a frozen pond and there was all these little bikes lined up with ice plays on them. And we just decided to go for a, a ride. And it was just like this really fun. We like raced them down and we spun out a bit. And I took a picture, a few pictures. I'm like, this is really cool. We should have this in Canada. I, you know, just kind of made a mental note. I hope someone does this one day and didn't think much of it afterwards. Yeah. Just someone would do it. And then of course, the pandemic impacted the event rental business. So I thought, here's a great pivot to spend time on not only doing things, but also a business because I was bored out of my mind because we couldn't mm -hmm. do anything. We couldn't even meet up with friends at their home or outside in their backyard. Like we couldn't see people. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this would be the perfect pandemic activity, but also non-pandemic. So that's how that came that is, that is so brilliant, Sanan. So what what year was this when you, this was still during your 2014 to 15 trip or was this a different? Yeah, so that was the China one. Uh, when I went to China, sorry, was just after Angleville. So after we met, um, wow. that would have been the December of 2014. And I think we met in September or October. Yeah, we met, I think it was October. October, yeah, it was getting cooler. Yeah. yeah, but so you kind of bookmarked that in your uh, made a mental note, and you went back to that years later, and yeah, there still was no ice cycle business, even all of those years later. No, no, nothing. And it's, and it's, I think that what just made it that really cool idea is because it's such a fun concept that it's barely been touched in North America. I know there's a company out of Buffalo, New York, that does it. They build their own. They build them their own, which makes it extremely expensive. So their their units are quite expensive and not really accessible in the sense that if you really want to bring this to a lot of different places, 
to bring that price down. So we thought, uh, you know, I, I had a couple business partners that we worked on and uh, yeah, we should just bring these in and not only rent them here in Winnipeg, but sell them to, you know, across North America, we're trying to get other rental businesses to buy them. And so they can off, offer them as well. So even if you're, you know, have a skating rink, you don't have cold temperatures where you are, you could still uh, maybe find an indoor arena to, to try them out. That is so cool. So I'm definitely going to link your icicles. So I, I keep saying icicles. I don't know why. It, That's the intention. Well, because <laughs> I think on your Instagram page, it's one word, right? So my brain yeah. automatically says icicles because icicle is not a word. So yeah. anyway, I'm going to link your iCycle Instagram page. And anyone who's in Canada or near Winnipeg, you should check it out. I mean, it's winter, mostly all year we're known for having very hot summers and very cold we're very polar well this gives people a reason to visit canada in the winter time instead of saying i'm not gonna go it's too cold hey you should go because you can ice cycle and wow that is so cool that you are trying to kind of you've been doing some market research and you're trying to bring it to other places in north America. So maybe we'll have it in some of our snowy places in the U.S. one day. Well, some uh, place in Vermont. And uh, yeah, we're going to try to really ramp the, the sales part of things after the yeah. end of this because we just needed to show people what it was like once they arrived and once we got all that coverage. I love I love that. And I in this next part, definitely want to kind of just go a little bit more deeper into your mindset or like what, how you come up with these ideas or just your perspective of life. But I do want to make a point that you didn't mention, you failed to mention that I also hosted you in South Korea. I was no, a couch surfing host. But I feel like you were my friend. It wasn't a couch surfing. I, I knew what it was kind of going to get. It was, I, although you had some surprises. Um, I did? Yeah, you did take, I think one of your friends, you're like, we're going to go there. They're moving. They have a whole bunch of alcohol. We need to finish it. I think that was. I said that? I did. Yeah. He was Canadian too, wasn't he? I think so. Was it Mark? Uh, yeah, Mark. Yeah, it was my friend Mark. That yeah. sounds typical of me. <laughs> he has a whole bunch of alcohol. We need to finish it. <laughs> what? Uh, I just say that. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. So. <laughs> I remember you, so at that time, I was living a little bit outside of Seoul in a suburb called Gwangyo, and it was winter, <laughs> and you, as a Canadian, were even shocked by the amount of ice that was on the ground, but they didn't, you know, def melt or put any salt down. It was a hazard to a really a dangerous what? hazard when I walk to work. I almost slipped as well. I mean, yeah, I think there's that the, the climates where it gets, and it was in Ottawa recently, where it gets warm and cold. So it's kind of around that freezing mark where it melts a bit, then it freezes to ice, and then it's just it's so slippery, it's slippery anywhere you go. And uh yeah, I remember it being very <laughs> difficult to walk from your place to the train stop, or train yeah. or metro stop, and uh yeah, it was, I think I struggled a bit too, but I think you needed some help as well. I needed a lot of help. I was like grabbing your arm. You were walking <laughs> me to work. That was really nice. Yeah, so I, I just want to also make a note that 
we met years before that, right, in Poland. And then years later, it's not like we, we speak, you know, so often. I, I would say a couple times a year, right? But the fact that we were able to just stay in touch and reconnect again in, when you came to South Korea. And then I had a friend who was in Canada at one point. And so I connected him with you because he was in Winnipeg, uh, my friend Orlando. So I don't know. I just think that's the that's one of the most beautiful things about most beautiful things about traveling is you build this re these relationships with people and they seem so much they go deeper in a faster period of time in a shorter period of time than when you know some friends that I've known forever. But yeah. still, you would be the person that would pop up in my mind if I was going to Canada not someone I might have met, you know, 15 years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. It is a yeah, interesting thing. You, you foster relationships a lot stronger and quicker when you travel because you're both in a position almost wanting to, or yeah, just in the mindset to meet different people and try new things. Whereas I think when we're in our everyday lives, we're so preoccupied with what we need to do or, mm -hmm. you know, work or school or whatnot. That's yeah. Our minds aren't really kind of open up enough. I just made that up, but maybe. No, no. You said open up and up. They open up and up. Open up and something. Who knows? Oh. What <laughs> no, I like it. I like it because it's so true that you, you hit on a good point that our minds are more open when we're traveling. And I think that's what I love about traveling is I think you can see people in their very best in their, in their, you can see people. I don't even know the word in their best form or their the best that they can ever be <laughs> because people are alive and um, I think also brave and willing to take risk and more, I don't I can't even find the words, more adventurous. Like you see people as their best self and you always remember them in that way, right? So when you reconnect, it's like you're you're a different part of yourself that you aren't day to day. And then that's how you were when you you were with that person, you met them. So whenever you reconnect with them again, it brings out that side of you that you might have had laying there dormant for who knows how long, especially during a pandemic like this. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point as well. That's, uh, I think what, I mean, if some of the best moments are when you meet up with people that you traveled and it's because those people are the only other ones that had that shared experience with you mm -hmm. in that place that so you can talk about it. Um, and they're the only other person that you can really talk about it with that really understands what that moment, however long was it, whether it's a couple days or a week or so that you can share with. Yeah, that's so, that is so true. I think it's, it's so special and I will always be an advocate of traveling. I don't care how old you are, where you are in your life. If you are at a space where you're lacking like creativity, where you're lacking uh, passion or even, you know, the will for life, like to continue in the day-to-day, -day, oh my goodness, traveling. I think it is the best, I, I would say cure, but I know it doesn't cure everything, um, but it definitely helps. Yeah. I don't know. You your mind. I was yeah. thinking um, if I won the lottery, well, I think one of the coolest things would be to get every couch surfer that I've hosted or 
hosted and have a, a party. Oh. And they get everyone together and it would be all these different experiences. It would be the wildest party. They wouldn't know each other, but you'd be like, these are so many different experiences and it I think would be really fun. So mark uh, I, better be, I better be on that list. Yes. <laughs> Even though we were friends when I hosted you. <laughs> but I, if I'm not on that list, <laughs> I will, I don't know, cancel this this recording. I won't post it. I'll take it down. Then you're both uh, uh, <laughs> the other Angloville uh, <laughs> surfer. Yeah. Yeah. You're all in. <laughs> That's so cool. So, okay. I said I wanted to talk a little bit about your mindset because it's cool to say like you've been to all these places or you have these ideas. And I think, yes, some people are very naturally entrepreneurial. However, there's also, I think, something behind your continued success or growth or the fact that you can continuously have more ideas or you, what do you do to kind of maintain your creativity or um, to, yeah, like what do you do to keep going and, th and to keep thinking about the next thing, the next step and not to just kind of lose that drive? Are there specific books you read? Are there mentors or maybe you have a business coach or mentor? Like what yeah, makes I, I, you where you are? I'm a huge newspaper person, uh, physical. So I like love reading the physical newspaper. And uh, there's just so many different ideas out there. And you see what's going on in the world, both in your community and yeah, in your country and whatnot, and what's been done in different places. And I think that's where a lot of just ideas kind of get thrown at me. But I have a lot of ideas and not all of them will be successful. And that's why I don't pursue them. But other than uh, like, there's another idea. I want to do like a nut and if anyone wants to do this, be are you, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I want a nut bicycle where they sell. It's like a, a bicycle that's almost like a food truck that sells roasted nuts. Is that, that does that sound weird? I feel like in Europe, nuts roasted nuts are very popular. I don't know. My my instinct or gut <laughs> says something something like that probably already exists because there's so in many roasted. What makes the difference between it being a food truck and a bicycle? What do you mean? Well, it's kind of almost like a like an ice cream bike. You ever have those? Where it's like a, basically a cooler on a bike, so you can go into parks and you can. Oh, oh, I see. With the cooler in front, and you're riding the bike. Yeah, if you're on the bike. So you can go to like a soccer field, and there's a whole bunch of parents sitting watching their parents mm -hmm. or their kids play soccer. Or you can go to a park, and you can just really get close to people. And then the smell of roasting nuts. Would oh. Be, mm, in the, in the fall I don't know I'm, we'll see I'm starting to think you have some type of romance with bicycles since <laughs> you, you all of your so far businesses well two of them well one of them and now this would be the second another one third one is there's a theme with bicycles or yeah bikes are awesome yeah cool Okay, so you guys hear that? If you want to create a nut bike, you can. I'll endorse. I'll endorse you. You'll be my first customer if you can build that and pull down my front door. So you really only your inspiration comes from newspapers, Sanan. That's really what you're going to to or share. Or travel. Travel is like inspiration. Like you no, see different I, I want to specifically talk about the newspapers. Like who reads newspapers? Do you mean actual? Uh, wow, he's holding up a newspaper right now with his business on there. That's so cool. 
Okay, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, and I think Winnipeg has one of the best newspapers in the country. Like, I've been to other places when I travel. I'm like, what is this garbage? They just, it's just a really good independent paper we have here. And uh, it's not like thinned down like other papers. And it's got, yeah, it's like really well, great journalists with really cool ideas. And you have, they go in depth to different ideas. And um, I know a lot of other cities are like newspapers because you look and like, yeah, this is junk. So anyway, but that's my, that's my old man syndrome where I'm just. <laughs> I was about to say like you're, People, please know that Sinan is not in his 50s or 60s. (laughs) So you actually read through newspapers and you said that you get inspiration from them. I'm just trying to unpack this. Like the business section, right? So you just Uh, see what's going on. I mean, or any community section where you see like, oh, you know, there's these local people that are looking to like help out the community in this way. Or they're like, this um, is an issue that's going on. It's like, well, why don't we how can we solve that and it's almost like what i've done with ice cycles it's like everyone or there's a large part of the population that don't doesn't like winter and there's not a lot to do they would say it's cold out or so it's like how can we use what's already in this city which we have this very long at one point the longest river trail ice river trail in the world and yeah how do we utilize that for an experience for people to have so just kind of like knowing what's going on it's I know social media does that too, but it's very brief. I see. I have, I think that you're really big on community, keeping things local. I know you're very involved. I don't know. I don't know, like uh, politics in some aspect. You, You pay attention to politics, but you're someone I know that has been on the news multiple times which now is starting to make sense to me because you read the newspaper every day but you I know what you're looking for yes you you really pay attention to what is happening locally in your community you are one person who is such a uh I don't know when I met you, you talked about Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Kiko, why would you go to Toronto? Come to Winnipeg, <laughs> come to Winnipeg. And then you'll send me pictures sometimes of like your city, but sometimes it seems like there's really not much there. But however, you you just make me want to go there because you really, I guess, care a lot about um keeping things I don't know I don't even know what I'm saying I'm I'm trying to tie the fact that you read newspapers and that's where your inspiration comes from and then your businesses are very much so about bringing community together I mean look at your spark rentals is are about events that you have with people you love and care about I cycles you created that during the pandemic as a way for people to do like something safe but you know during the pandemic, outdoors together and unite the community together. So I'm seeing this underlying theme of community localization. Am I on the right track here? Am I yeah, definitely? Wrong? I mean, it kind of pans into couch surfing as well and how mm-hmm. you're just community. I mean, that's what couch surfing is. It's a community and trying to find that other type of community as well, right? Where where you live or different interests of people around you and how can you help each other out and not really expect always things back right away? And I think that's what couch surfing is really good about is about that 
down the road, right? Well, you might be hosting or you might be staying with people um, and not paying for it, but down the road, you know, I started hosting people as well. So it's kind of that two-way street and that, that element of what we have as a, a group of people. So I'm so curious. I'm always someone to like go back into your childhood or I just, I'm always interested in what shapes us as human beings because, you know, not everyone cares or emphasizes community in such a way that you've integrated in all parts of your life, like from the way that you travel, the business that you do, what inspires you? And is that something you grew up around or where did that, can you even trace back to where that came from? Yeah, I mean, like I used, like you said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, you know, I travel with my family a lot growing up and that was the, you have your world open up to knowing there's lots going on that you don't maybe even know about or just Mm. there's so much going, yeah, there's so many different interests. I think, yeah, couch surfing touches that on as well, which there are so many different kinds of interests and whether I'm not even interested in it or not, to be able just to experience someone's interest I think is a lot of fun so you'd be doing something that I don't know why this is the first that comes up but someone that that did uh and I don't read Harry Potter what's that thing the sport they play in Harry Potter I don't read Harry Potter but it's Quidditch Quidditch yeah so they actually do real life Quidditch and like they all ride around in brooms and then there's like a snitch which is in like this flying object in the movies but there's Mm -hmm. an actual person in when you play in real life. So he would just love playing Quidditch. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, tell me everything you know about it. Like, I've never done this. And I don't know if I'm particularly interested in spending a lot of time, but I definitely want to hear like how you do it and like what what you like about it and just learning about that um, is is interesting. I'm gonna plug in my laptop. So yeah. ask me that question. I can hear you though. Go ahead. Yeah. So Quidditch is also a sport that was played at my university. I remember there was a club for Quidditch, so I'm not surprised that people like it as well. It could be fun. The broom part seems very challenging. I I didn't even, I never actually watched people play it, so I didn't know that they they actually (laughs) use a a broom and run around on a broom. That's kind of strange. By and being honest, <laughs> that people are running other rooms <laughs> during a sport. But from everything that you're saying, it, it just makes sense that I think it also goes back to traveling and experiencing things because once you fall in love with experiencing other people's worlds, their worldview, their culture, their country, it makes you even more curious about your own, like where you came from. Um, because it, I even know for myself, living in other countries, traveling, meeting people like yourself, and then I see, wow, these are there are some incredible human beings on this planet. Like these places, there are so many experiences that I never imagined would be possible. So there must be the same thing where I come from. Like what makes my home any different from these places? Because you also find that when you travel and you meet people locally, they 
are inspired by you as the traveler because they get to experience their hometown through a tourist eye, right? Especially when you're couch surfing. I yeah. find that my hosts in other countries, they're always fascinated that I might know of places that they didn't even know existed <laughs> in their city. And then that becomes one of their favorite places to go. Um, so yeah, that make now it's starting to make sense to me as I'm as I'm going back and piecing everything together. You fell in love with traveling. You fell in love with, you know, community through couch surfing. And then that made you curious and you just wanted to bring that back with you. And now it's just a core value you hold, I think. And that I think you understand and you know that value so deeply and so sincerely that it's at this, you're at the point where it's just naturally bleeding into different areas of your life. Have you yeah. ever observed this about yourself? Or is it the first time you recognize that? You're, uh, you're putting pieces together, I guess, in one very eloquent way of, I don't know if I've tied all those loose ends together. Uh, no, yeah, but I, it, you're, you're not wrong. That's uh, very accurate, I think, of how, how my life has been shaped. I, I hosted a couch surfer for the first time in December since the pandemic. So it had been like a year, almost two years, and that reminded me a lot of things of what I enjoy. And it was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot how much this was interesting and having that person just, you know, just travel with or, or travel your own city with or show your city to experience different things and uh, and also live vicariously through their travel experience. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> I haven't hosted yet since I moved here in Virginia, but I don't know. I, I have my profile there, so maybe. So if I find of course, Sanan, you can well, come. Like, is it going to be a couch surf, or are we going to be friends here? Do I, oh, you know what we're here? You're going to be a guest, <laughs> but you better leave me a review. <laughs> you better leave me a good review. Okay, yeah. Of course, you're welcome anytime. So, okay, you've been to all these places. Like, community is so important to you, and you're someone who... I don't know, like if I have a conversation with you or I throw out, hey, I'm going to host this game, virtual game. You know, we're not, we're not, we're no, we're not only strangers. We're, what is yeah, that? Yeah, sounds pretty close. We're, we're no <laughs> how do I know? How do I not know the game of whatever? You're no longer strangers? Yes. That game that's been so popular on Instagram. But I did a virtual game afternoon of that and you were one of the first people that said yeah I'm down to go and so I don't know I just always love that you're always spontaneous or like up for something different or something fun and that is really cool and I think the people that you have in your in your life all of us they kind of mirror different parts of ourselves right and kind of remind us as we were saying earlier on of especially friends that you meet through traveling they're like those marker markers who are always in your life to remind you of a different part of yourself that you know might have been asleep for a while day to day so I don't know whenever I chat with you you give me that I don't know pizzazz or excitement yeah. back for life like don't take it so serious keep going just enjoy enjoy the journey enjoy the ride that's yeah what I wanted to say um yeah that was yeah so for you, I'm curious, 
about the relationships that you have in your life, like friendships, family, or who are the people that you constantly go to when you need to make a decision? So whether that be in your business life, sometimes we just need someone to kind of soundboard off of, right? Or, you know, in your personal life, maybe you, you're feeling stuck or, or you're having, a, you have a great, you had a great, a great success a great accomplishment in a certain area and you just need to tell somebody are there specific people you go to for that yeah i think uh you know family parents are always parents. up there on the list and uh i'm fortunate enough now to have three nieces and a nephew so like that's families growing really quick now <laughs> so that's really fun to uh to spend time with all of them especially as they get older and kind of start being able to talk and whatnot but uh yeah of course friends as well being able to pitch ideas I'm always I have one friend I'll always tell him my ideas and most of the time he says that's a stupid idea so, really? <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a lot of ideas and I know not all of them are going to be good but he gives me good honest feedback and uh he did say ice cycles was going to be a success so okay good I was I was about to ask has he ever said something with a stupid idea that turned out to be a success but he yeah. sounds like he has good judgment. <laughs> he doesn't like the nut bike idea, so maybe I'll prove him wrong on that. But uh... you might be proving <laughs> me wrong as well, because my, my first <laughs> when you told me that, I was thinking mm, maybe, maybe not better ideas. And maybe not articulating it perfectly, but uh, yeah, friends uh, have a, a you know good network here of people from high school and university. I did both uh, in Winnipeg, so there's you know, two groups of friend networks that are here. And I think one of the biggest things that people love about Winnipeg is that sense of community that you mm -hmm. really can't find in other places. Um, you know, really large cities, it just gets really lost and everyone's coming, maybe moving there. They don't have that, you know, that group of people that they grew up with. And Winnipeg has a lot of that community vibe, which which is really nice to have that support from so many different people and um, yeah, so there, that's kind of someone I can yeah. go to. So family is really important and special to you, which I think is beautiful. And not everyone's so fortunate to have that type of relationship with their family. So I, it's really nice to hear that, you know, they are still at the center of your world in many ways of the way that you move. But it sounds like your parents have always been supportive of you with your travels, as you mentioned. So that is that's great. I'm happy for you that you have that you have that. Yeah, no, it's I'm very fortunate. Yeah, that they're uh, everyone's very close to me as well, right? All same city and whatnot. It's uh, yeah. nice to have that accessibility to to family. That's nice. So, okay, so as we wrap up, there are so many amazing things that I think you continue to inspire me about when it comes to being an entrepreneur as obviously I'm starting this podcast and so I wanted to chat with you because I'm sure there are so many things that you know we can all kind of gain from your experience of having a bit a business for what has been almost or is it over 10 years now I mean officially over 2015 would be the oh my math running i've been running informal businesses since i was 10 years i said exactly yeah. right so, six or seven years right that's, that's a long time though yeah i know right what what seven do they years. say like most businesses 
you kind of know if they're going to last after the, what is it? Two years, yeah. two years, right? There you go. You're here to stay. <laughs> You're here to stay. Congratulations. <laughs> so there's so many things that we can kind of gain from your experience, but is there any, any specific like tangible advice you can give someone who is thinking about starting a business or, you know, is in the thick of the beginning of their, you know, entrepreneurial endeavor? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I would recommend and people don't say this enough is just use your money wisely. And there's always going to be people, be people and groups that are going to say, you know, you need to buy the subscription to this business planning service, or you need this to help grow your business, or you need this marketing service to help reach your customer. And I haven't received so much of that. And you just have to realize, all right, sure, there might be some people out there or some groups that can help you on your plan. But if I said yes to all those people that said they were going to help me, I don't think I would have succeeded. I would have spent all my money mm -hmm. and I would have none left. So I think it's really important to bootstrap or the term is just really use your money wisely when you're starting up. And how can I do this with a very low budget? Because I think that's part of the struggle of starting a business is money, right? You are starting something, but you don't necessarily have the money coming in right away. So being smart with how you can utilize different elements to uh, yeah, save money. So how do you then make a decision or do you follow your intuition? Like if you have an option presented to you and it really sounds like, okay, this is something that I should, I should invest in, but how do you know like this is the right time? It's for example, marketing, right? Marketing is a big thing in any business. So how do you know when, yeah. <laughs> when that's the tough part right is there's no right answers and it's a lot of just maybe testing things out and mm -hmm. don't put everything into one basket and I with spark rentals tried a few different things with marketing and in the end I realized that nothing really worked and I've been thriving since I just stopped advertising I focused really on having a good website having a really good SEO basically having content online which a lot of other competitors didn't just you know they said call for pricing or whatnot so i uh yeah i think it's just about being entrepreneurial and knowing what to make the right call is it's it's challenging i know i know obviously these businesses make money off of people thinking you know oh we'll sell them on the dream of success where maybe they won't get there I think that's a really brilliant point that you brought up, like especially good SEO, making sure you have an online presence because it's true of anything, right? Your audience, your consumer, they're going to find you if they really need, if you are supplying a demand that they need. So if, for example, your business, if I need to rent some kind of laser or <laughs> if I need to rent... I don't know, a, a TV or some type of floor for a wedding, a dance floor, that's a very specific need, right? And so I'm going to search that specifically on Google. And if you're the one that has the monopoly over, you know, all of the, the search engines, you're the one that they're going to find. And that might be something you're not really going to do too much, you know, research or comparing in that area. So I think that's a good point. Is making sure you have a good online presence, especially in today's day and age where everything is digital and everyone is searching on Google or using Instagram. 
So did you, when you started to scale, did you start to hire like more of a marketing team? Did you um, find that that is something that you actually need to start moving towards now? No, I, I think it's always been for the Spark Rentals brand that advertising wasn't really needed. You create vendor partnerships or relationships with different vendor planners, um, you know, wedding planners, that sort of thing that they will, once you have that relationship, it's relationship marketing, they're going to come to you, you know, regardless, you know, as long as you have that good relationship, but people are, as you said, searching out for items. Mm -hmm. So it's not more of an impulse, like what am I going to have for dinner tonight? If you're typing pizza hut, pizza, <laughs> no, like if that's the, what you're thinking and that's the only thing you want, you're going to find it. I think that's what people search for. They're going to look, you know, fog machine, Winnipeg or fog machine, you know, party, and they're going to find find it so it's um yeah people are directing themselves to find the business instead of just needing that um the opposite like ice cycles we're gonna have to you know start marketing a bit more because people aren't maybe at the first you know well we're, we're quite well known now but at the beginning it was uh you know maybe you need to incentivize people to search for that mm -hmm. so that's good so that's great advice to anyone who's listening, thinking about starting a business in the middle of their process. Um, really pay attention in those beginning days, years, or early early stages, how much money you're spending and how you're spending your money. Um, and try to just focus on things that are really necessary in order for you to get your product launched or your service launched and not necessarily something that you know you can add on once you start having revenue. So you don't have to do everything all at once, right? You should first start making <laughs> some revenue and then you can improve just like a YouTuber, right? Don't buy all of the newest and latest camera <laughs> technology or speakers or um, microphones. Just wait until you find that um, people are actually interested in what it is that you're trying to sell or promote and then you can decide from there okay this is worth investing in did i get that right did i summarize exactly. so long yeah <laughs> you no know, that's exactly what i was saying that's bang on i don't i still don't pay for you know like email hosting or whatnot or accounting software there's wow. a lot of free options out there that people just kind of look what's out there and it uh yeah cool look around that's cool, Sanan. Well, you are always a pleasure to chat with. And um, thanks so much for sharing a little bit of your, your wisdom in your business, but also some stories from your travels. And also just indulging in this moment of you know, me breaking out and doing something different or new and creative, who knows what this podcast is going to turn into, but you will always be one of the earliest people <laughs> I ever interviewed if this ever takes off and because of Well, I'm on and uh, yeah, you did a really good job preparing for this and it's been fun doing this. So yeah, yeah. I look forward to seeing who else you have speaking here and I'm sure they're gonna have some cool stories as well. Thank you. So the very last part of the segment is just um, seven rapid fire questions. I call it the great school of life. And you just answer these questions with either one word, a phrase, or one sentence. There's no need to elaborate. Okay. 
Got it. I was really looking forward to this part. Are you so. ready? <laughs> <laughs> you have not, just so everyone knows, you have not seen any of these questions, so you have no idea what I'm going to ask. Correct. Okay. I'm Here we, take a deep breath. You need one? I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> okay, let's go. So first question is, what one book, or in your case, newspaper, <laughs> no, I'm going to stick with book, what one book has had the biggest impact in changing your perspective? Into the Wild. Into the Wild? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I forget who the author was for it, but based the movie as well. That is typical of something you would say as a traveler, Into the Wild. Not saying that's a bad thing, but okay, I'm, I'm elaborating. So, okay, what one book, you can only recommend one book to our listeners and myself, that will change their life. What is the book? If you're into the same interests as mine, myself, I would say Into the Wild. I think you have to have that same open to, that's elaboration, but I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> into the Wild. So we're hearing that you like Into the Wild and let's listen to, let's all read that. Okay, so what is a belief that you once deeply held that you no longer believe in or you completely changed your mind? I wanted to buy a home in the suburbs. Like that's that's what I thought I wanted in high school. Like, yeah, one day I'm gonna move out to like the suburbs and get a really nice big home. Completely flipped on. Sorry, I'm elaborate. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> so what are you letting go of or trying to let go of recently? That's a tough question. I feel like I'm not holding on to anything. I'm so, you know me, I'm so easygoing that I'm yeah. not like uh but that's good. If you that's amazing. If you've mastered that part in your life of not, you know, I did say Sonata word that describes you as ease. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like I can't say like pandemic, like fatigue, like to let go of that. We're all kind of experiencing that. And I don't want to like, you can't let go of it. We'll get there when we get there. What is a piece of wisdom that you gained, gained from your travels that you now carry with you into your day to day? I think I said this earlier, but it's that everyone has different interests and viewpoints that you just listen to and understand. One of my favorite books, Wabi Sabi by Beth Kimpton, she says, in literature, haiku moments are when it feels as if time itself is winking at us. We're completely immersed in, in an experience unbothered by past or future, fully in the present. So what is a haiku moment that you've had recently? I wouldn't probably just say kind of when I had that, I was hosting the couch surfer. Mm. I decided I'm really good at this short answer thing. <laughs> that was good. Okay, last question. The seventh question is, what are you grateful for today or lately? I think I'm just very fortunate that the decisions I made and the people around me have led me to where I am. Mm. That's good, Sanad. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you everyone for tuning in. You can find Sanan on all of my show notes. You can um, check out his businesses, Spark Rental and iCycles and keep up with his amazing adventures. And who knows, one day you might find a nut bike near you <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in
Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, make sure to pass it along to someone else in your life. Remember, you don't just live a life, you can create it. Why not make it colorful?